found the Winding Road Podcast, hosted by Jason and Isaac. We're two friends who are sitting in the driveway just chatting about cars over some drinks, while two of our favorite cars are sitting behind us shining in the sun. We never know where the conversation will go, but we hope you join us. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, so Jason and I were just getting started, and um, so tonight, one of the things I would like to was talking about with my wife is she knows how much of a car person I am. Other people apparently are not aware of how much of a car person you can be. I was trying to explain to her something that happened to me at work recently, and it started involving numbers about um, just how numbers work with car buying and things like that. And Hmm. whenever it comes to numbers, she, she finds it hard to keep up when I start talking numbers and just stuff like that. Um, and so she started getting this like glazed over look. And then she was reminded of a glazed story she was look. talking to. What's that? That's a glazed over look. Yeah. It's like, I'm talking to her and she's like, I'm not following. And so I try to explain it a different way. And she's like, yeah, I'm still not following. Um, so then she remembered the conversation she was having earlier today where she was talking to a friend whose husband was trying to talk to her about like crypto and like, and just mm. finance stuff and things like that. And she's like, I just, I just not interested. And I just, I can't relate. And I, I don't understand it and everything like that. And Sarah's like, yeah, she's like, Isaac is kind of the same way. He's, you know, talks about cars and, and stuff. And he like, I like cars and, things but i don't like knowing about how cars work or whatever and she was telling her about um that kind of you know other things like that and the Mm -hmm. girl's like well well i like cars like yeah i like cars too but i don't care how they work but i try to like listen to she tries to listen to me when when i'm talking about cars that way i feel like you know we're actually having a conversation yeah and um she's like well i do the other girl's like well i do too and um sarah's like well you understand like he not only talks about cars all the time but he has a youtube channel and a podcast and he works at a car dealership and the girl's like oh <laughs> like, <laughs> like he, he she had no idea what sarah meant by he talks yeah. about cars a lot like right, right um so that was kind of funny i don't know if if you and kelsey are ever like that you got cars in pretty much every aspect of your life yeah um, Kelsey and I, yeah, she, uh, you know, we talk about the cars and, um, you know, she, she does, does her best to, I guess, be entertained by what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. We always have, we always have this, um, this like running joke, but she has like no idea what horsepower is or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And there was a time a couple of years ago, I was looking to, um, get a newer car and I was looking at the, uh, MKZ. 3.0 turbos so mm-hmm. at that time it was uh they, they're like pretty big deal i mean i don't know if it was a big deal but they had a 400 horsepower twin turbo v6 which was i, don't know, I think pretty you know, it's kind of a bigger car but sounds mm-hmm. you know sounded good at the time so i was i was telling i was like oh my god you know this car's got twin turbo v6 it's got 400 horsepower and i was like getting all excited to tell her about it and She's like, wow. And every time, every time now, every time ever since that, I'm, I'm always like, oh, like, check out, check out this car. Like, this is a nice car or whatever. She's like, does it have 400 horsepower? 
all the time. She says it to me like every single time I bring something up about a car. Yeah. Well, one so, of these times you're gonna have to be like, well, no, it's got more actually. Yeah, one day, hopefully. <laughs> but you know, the the funny part about that is but my car that's got 292 horsepower is probably way quicker than that car, I would imagine. Or at least it feels it probably. Yeah, it does. I mean, it certainly does. But I don't really know. I don't know what the what the zero to sixty time is on on the MKZ uh, with the twin turbo. But I don't think it would be better than the S3 board. That's like mid fours, I think. I'm not sure. It's definitely a heavier car. Yeah. So maybe you're right. I think it's probably geared. It's definitely geared differently. Like it doesn't feel. It's definitely because I drove one, and it doesn't feel as punchy or uh, enthusiastic mm-hmm. as, as you know, my car does. Uh, and I remember getting excited about the fusion turbo twin turbos. Remember them? It had like a 2.7 liter twin turbo. It was um, a fusion, fusion, I haven't been fusion paying attention before. to them for a while. Uh, the last is- one I remember them getting was there was the two liter turbo and the 1.6 liter and the 2.5 naturally aspirated. So like all of the escape motors when that so when the newer generation of, of fusions first came out those that was the three engine you could get mm-hmm. unless you get the unless you get the hybrid versions. I want to um, so say I'm sure since say, then they've come out with more engines. I have to look because I want to say it was 2020. Anyway, I think it was branded a sport because then they started doing everything as the ST. Mm-hmm. But actually, it looks like they started in 2018. And it had it had a uh, 2.7 liter twin turbo. Mm-hmm. But and I drove one of those, and I was like, man, like you know, this should be really cool. And again, it was quick, but just it was just lacking, you know, mm-hmm. for just it wasn't enough, especially for the price range. But yeah, long story short, the 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 the, the four horsepower thing. It's always like a standard that we set here in our household. It doesn't have 400 horsepower. It's not making a grade. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's the same with like on the flip side. So she has, a, she's kind of like a mini um, curly hair influencer. Like she's got her own Instagram page for mm-hmm. curly hair. Like she started this journey like a year or so ago um, mm-hmm. because she just started doing that. But like when she tries to talk to me about the different products and what they do and hair types and stuff like that, that's where I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm way back there. I totally, it's, it's shampoo, right? Like, aren't they all the same? Yeah, Um, right. But so now like, cause I will make fun of her for how much, how many different products she has in the shower and on the bathroom counter and on these shelves we have in the bathroom beside the vanity. And she'll remind me that, well, you have a lot of various different products in your cabinet in the garage for, you know, all the car shampoos and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, but you have four different types of shampoo. I have one. And then when that runs out, I got a different one. But so we kind of riff on each other that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever she talks like hair stuff, I'm like, I, I feel like her with numbers. So I'll be right there with you. I don't know anything about that stuff. I should probably start looking into it because my hair is starting to thin out, so I should probably learn about some hair growth products <laughs> at some point. <laughs> but to she, me- she, she's been trying one, actually, that um, 
and people are probably wondering how we're talking about hair, but uh, <laughs> she, she's been trying one for the last few months that a company actually sent her this product to try. And it, she's actually seen thickness come back in her, in her hair. Um, but it's really weird. Like you put this like goop inside of this tube and you put it all over your hair and then mm -hmm. you put like a hair cap, like a shower cap on top. And then she's got this fabric shower cap that's filled with like rice or beans or something. And you heat that <laughs> up the microwave and yeah. it, in the microwave, you warm it up and you put it over your head. So it's like heating your hair. It's this whole procedure and it's messy. So I will not go to those lengths. Yeah. I'm, my hair's thinning a little bit too, but I'm just going to roll with it. I have more hair than my dad did when I was, when he was my age. So I'm okay. Oh, there you go. So you're ahead of the game. <laughs> no pun. <laughs> yeah um ah, that's funny yeah so yeah i sent you a picture of the uh a3 earlier i thought it might be right up your alley because it was black and it had the black rings on it and everything yeah like I it was totally that. black uh i didn't Is know that... if you catch that in the photo i did yeah i did see that um and it was really hard to make out um the a on there um that must be some type of package i would imagine right yeah, it would be the black optics. Um, they're definitely the black optics wheels, which aren't actually that black anymore. But mm -hmm. it's interesting because some cars with a black optics package come with the black emblems, but some still mm -hmm. come with chrome emblems. So I don't know if it depends on the model or what, but this is definitely just an A3 um, with black rings and a black A4 emblem. Do you check out the inside at all? No, I was just walking by because I was getting a car for somebody and I mm -hmm. saw it. I'm like, oh, that's Jason's car right there. Right there, man. Just set it aside for me. <laughs> except except it's not an S3, so I don't know. But it's probably I don't know if the if they did anything tuning wise on those for the for the newer year of the A ones, because it's probably you know I think they're pretty similar. Fine. Oh really? Uh, yeah, I think they're probably pretty similar as the as the last generation. Mm-hmm. Have you been seeing more of those coming in lately? Uh, we got a few A3s in the last few weeks, but um, I haven't seen any more S3s. Is is um? Are you noticing still like a um a supply shortage in new vehicles coming in? Oh yeah, there are some models we. I don't think we've gotten. I don't think we've gotten any A7s or S7s or RS7s in probably since the summer the last eight that was a year ago um yeah so the so the sevens we haven't seen we've only seen a handful of q7s um we got an rsq8 two rsq8s last week or the week before wow. uh some a4s a lot of q3s like i would say 70 percent of what we're getting in is q3s um for some reason that factory is like just pumping them out Interesting. Yeah. I um I noticed that there was an a uh, an Escalade on the lot, the used car lot. Have you have you seen that over there? Yeah, I think if it's the one if it's who I'm thinking of, I'm pretty sure he traded that for the RSQ8. Oh really? Yeah. Look pretty sure. I, I always like the Escalade. Um, you know, I think that they're. I don't know. Just, I don't want to say over the top because I don't think they're over the top. But I, I, I'll use the word excessive. Mm. There was a I used to valet a long time ago, and the owner of the company had a brand new Escalade, 
and we'd have to, this is like 10 years ago, maybe more than that at this point. Actually, yeah, probably 15. And uh, we'd have to, you know, go to different events and things like that. And we would always take the Escalade. And half the time, he didn't feel like driving. So it was awesome. I was like, driving this brand new Escalade all over the place. And I loved it. Um, but like right now, I mean, I, I can't imagine what it would cost to fuel something like that. Because mm. it's expensive just to put, you know, gas in my little car. Yeah. Well, imagine driving like a huge SUV that gets like 10 miles to the gallon. Yeah. I was, it's funny. We were just talking about that at work today. One of the guys that works beside me has a friend with a Ram Power Wagon. Uh-huh. And he basically drives from Chesterbrook to, uh, I want to say, like, right around the Delaware line, somewhere in there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, like, Chad's Ford or uh, Christiana or something like that. Mm-hmm. And apparently he's paying $1,000 a month in gas. Oh, my God. That just was, makes me want to vomit. Like, that's terrible. Jeez. I think I do, I think I do 150 bucks a month in gas. Oh my god! <laughs> and, and I don't get car- great. Like my mileage isn't great for how small the car is and light it is. I only get like 21 to the gallon. 100. You spent 150. I think so. I can pull that's up the like stats because I'm a nerd. How long does it take? How like how much? Because it costs me like fifty dollars for a tank, and I probably have to fill up once a week or so, and maybe one one you know once every week and a half maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, I, what do you I'm pulling use? up my I'm pulling up my stats here that I keep everything recorded because I'm a nerd. So what do you what do you it keep up. it on? So I have an Android tablet because that's the only like this app only works on Android unfortunately, um, but uh-huh. it's a little. It's a little app or a little developer. It's like his own little thing he did. Uh It's called My Cars. Of course, Uh my is dying. Uh, It's dead. So I need need to charge it. Um, But anyway, I've been using it probably, I think I started using it when I still had an Android phone, which was before I met Sarah. So at least 10 years I've been using Mm -hmm. this app. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's great because you can record you can record like everything, like maintenance records. So like every time I like do the oil change or rotate the tires or do an inspection or whatever, I can record all that. You can record like car payments. You can record um, like bills, like insurance and registration and things like that. So you can get as minute as you want, or you can just use it as a fuel recorder. Um, There is something I use. So I use a tablet and, Obviously, I don't keep that in a car with me. So on my phone, I'll use Fuelly that I basically just record the fu- the fill-ups there. And then I transfer that information over to my tablet um, every couple of weeks or so. But from what I remember, I fill up about every 10 days or so. And That's not bad. I, it's, uh, it's about a 15-gallon tank. And I get right around between 290 and like 320 on the average tank based on my normal driving um i think ah, that's, it's like, that's like, actually oh, pretty good yeah i think it's all highway i think it can get up around like 320 350 um but yeah it's not the worst thing in the world it's not like a viper you know yeah 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 
that's not bad but yeah thousand dollars a month Jesus, I can't yeah i can't even imagine that like no that's insane that'd be tough that'd be tough to stomach so we were talking the other day this weekend i think you did some some videos right that you're working on yeah so for those of you who don't know which is probably most of you during the pandemic i just started recording a couple of youtube videos for the fun of it just to kind of experiment with that and i've been i keep i've kept going with it but it's not consistent so probably i post probably once every few weeks or every month or so um this weekend i had a chance to do two quick videos uh one is on an sq5 and then the other one is on my father-in-law's m4 so i'm working on getting the m4 one up uh currently and then the sq5 will be later um but yeah, I have, I've done a few videos on the Cayman, my prior car, the Outback. Um, I have one on my wife's car. So it's kind of a mix of like ownership uh, experience and costs of running, uh, just thoughts in general, things I like or don't like about a car and things like that. Um, so you guys can check that out if you want. It's uh, youtube.com slash Isaac Redinger, I believe. But yeah, so some of those are going up, Jason. Um, That's good. Are you interested in one over the other? I would say I'm definitely interested in both. Um, That's the easy I, way out, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know um, much of, at all about the BMW, so I'm intrigued to see that. Mm-hmm. But I also want to see the um, SQ5 because obviously, you know, I have an Audi, so I'm curious to see what that like as well i'd have to say if you're going to pull a gun on me i'd have to say i I would like to see the audi one the best Mm -hmm. but i am i am i do want to learn about the bmws i heard that they're kind of cool and i do like the m3s and nothing about the m4 so Mm -hmm. i'll definitely watch it for sure yeah well they're pretty (laughs) similar um from what i know they're they're probably only slight differences just a matter of being a two-door versus four-door um i think I think mechanically they're mostly the same. Mm-hmm. Although I, I can't claim to be a BMW enthusiast as far as knowing the ins and outs of them either. Mm. Um, the SQ5 is something I always say, if I was in the market for an SUV, I would probably get one of those um, because it's, I think it's a good blend of being sporty enough, but also comfortable. Ever since I had my Golf, I've, I've leaned towards Volkswagen Group mm-hmm. as a preference. But that's also saying I haven't like seeked out the other brands like Mercedes or BMW. So I can't really say I don't like them because I don't have any experience with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's valid. Yeah. If I, I think if I were, it's also a matter of seeing things at a distance, what you'd like or don't like. There's not much Mercedes product that really appeals to me. Sure. Uh, the stuff that is, is out of my range. Um, yeah, right. And the BMW product, I feel like they've kind of lost their way the last 10 years or so, as okay. opposed to 20 years ago when the e- E46 was out. I think the E46 is one of the most beautiful cars ever. Like that car was just awesome. Um, so the E46 is like uh, 2000 to 03 ish. Mm-hmm. That was the last car that had the inline six. Gotcha. Um, I'm just going to ask yeah, it was mm-hmm. basically the third generation of, of M-Car. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's my favorite still. That whole generation, like the, the 3 Series, the 5 Series, the 7 Series of that like late 90s, early 2000 generation, I think mm-hmm. are just 
classic and classy and just that styling is never going to go out of date. It's just going to look great always. I actually found recently someone, I think it was on Wagons Daily Instagram page. They posted Mm -hmm. a photo of like a mid 90s. So older generation where they still had the two round headlights. Uh, Seven series. It was the 740 or 750 wagon. Wow. No, it wasn't. It was a seven. It was a 750 because it was the V12. Yeah. So it was a big seven series, like an A8 uh, or a Mercedes S-Class competitor with the V12 and a wagon. That's kind of cool. Like, sign me up, please. I am all over that car. Throw a six-speed in there. Oh, man. Can you imagine? I saw that. I... I think I was drooling for a little bit. I remember, wait, what is it? The eight, is it eight fifty? The two door, the two door one with the V twelve in it. It was like what company? You know, BMW. Uh, that was the six series. Oh, no, I'm sorry, not the six, the eight. So it was the eight forty had the V eight, and then the eight fifty had the V twelve. That was like early nineties, I want to say. Yeah. You see them in a lot of like rat videos and everything like that. Yeah. That was a cool looking car. You know, I feel like that. Imagine having one of those back in the day. Yeah, I just love the V12. I, like anything with the V12 is really cool. Um, so where we, so the Q SQ5. Um, How would yeah. you compare that to the Q to the just a, you know run the mill Q5? I think the Q so the Q5 and the Q7. I think I explain to people as they they drive smaller than they are. So like the Q7 looks big. It doesn't look as big as like a, a suburban or the infinity uh qx80 or whatever they call it now those look monstrous but the mm-hmm. q7 is still a, it's a three-row suv it's a big car but when you drive it it feels like you're driving a smaller car like it just shrinks around you and uh it feels composed and the, dynamically it handles well and things like that the q5 is just a smaller version of that i think no matter what spec of q5 you get they all ride well um and they handle well and they're, they're competent for an SUV. So I, I, I can't fault anyone for buying a Q5. And the SQ5 is just a better version of that. It's got the S4 engine in it, the three liter supercharged, I'm sorry, turbocharged mm-hmm. and the sport diff and all that good stuff. I think it's got the sport diff. I might be wrong there. Uh, the only thing I wish it did have was the seats out of the S4 because I just prefer those. But we talked about those, I think last week about with yeah. the massaging and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those seats are great, but they don't put them in the SUVs. Um, so Why? Are they too sporty? I think for the buyers that are getting that vehicle, they probably are going to be a little bit, yeah, too, too narrow and too sporty. To be honest, the buyer that buys an SQ5 is likely going to be a little bit heavier than someone that buys a sports sedan. Not always the case, but they also tend to be more family oriented and a car, a seat with big bolsters, yeah, you know, limits your movement a little bit because it's designed to do that. And so sure. when you have to reach to the back seat to give your kid something, it makes it harder. I was thinking, uh, yeah, I, um, we were driving, where were we? We had to do some errands the other day and it was like really crappy weather and I had just finished I had some more work to do actually with the with the uh, wiring of the uh, dash cam. So like I didn't feel like driving my car, so I took Kelsey's Honda, and uh, it's just way easier to to get in. Even like it's just easier to get in and out of. 
um, you know, if you're just going to the store or something. Believe it or not, you still have to like climb out of, of my car. Even, you know, the seats kind of hold you in. And it's just, the, I guess the way the door opening is, you have to like pull yourself out of the car. And I was just, I, you know, I hadn't driven my wife's car in a while. And I was like, man, this is just way nice as a slide in and out of. <laughs> not, not as fun to drive, but it's easier. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a minivan, you could, like, with the minivan, you pretty much just stop standing. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like, the seat is right at your waist height. And so you pretty much just open the door, you rotate, and you're not standing anymore. You're all of a sudden right. sitting. It's, yeah. like, easy, which I think is why a lot of, elder, not elderly, but, like, people of grandparent age, uh, you, you often see them driving a van because, like, the seating height is perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, for the average height person, you don't have to get down into the car. You don't have to climb up into the car, you know, so it's, it's a comfortable place to sit. There's room to move. There's storage everywhere. So if you've got grandkids with you, like it just works as a grandparent car. Yeah. Yeah. I personally like vans too, because they're functional. So if it's functional, it's, it's, I like it. And if I could find a, you know, a hot minivan with a manual transmission and all wheel drive, which I think you can actually get in Japan, you know, I wouldn't be embarrassed to drive that, but I hear you. Like, remember the old Grand Caravans from like the boxy ones, from, like late '80s, early '90s, I think. I believe that there are several variants that I don't know if they came with all-wheel drive, but they definitely came turbo with, I believe, a manual transmission option. I don't know if you'd probably find one anywhere in good condition, but that would be really cool. I would like that myself, honestly. Yeah, I know in the first generation, or maybe it was like the facelifted of the first or early second, mm-hmm. but you could get them with a diesel engine or and or a manual. Uh, I think it was a four-speed at the time because this was like mid-80s. And so yeah. manuals were still a thing back then. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen I've seen panel versions of that of that van where like it's just cargo for it's a work van. It's got a manual transmission and a diesel engine. That's awesome. You know, they made all kinds of stuff with those vans because then they also had, you know, what, eight or nine seats and, and glass and everything. Sure, they were really slow, though. Oh, yeah. They probably I think that turbo diesel. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think they were turboed. I think it was a natural aspirated diesel. So yeah. it basically ran. It, yeah. It didn't do much else. Right, right. Yeah. It was a, it was a glorified um, engine off of a lawnmower or generator. Yeah, right. Um, while we're on the topic of interesting functional vehicles, I've always been intrigued by the um, Buick and Chevy. Like those estate wagons, like they're round ones that based off of the Caprice, basically, mm-hmm. uh, basically like a Caprice with you know a wagon on it. Right. I think those things are kind of cool, honestly. Um, I like I like to look at them. I like I think that they're you know they're they're super functional. You got all the room. It's not like high like a pickup truck. Uh, you can probably pick one up for a couple thousand dollars. I don't know what kind of, you know, you probably put some work into it, but I find it interesting. And I, I agree with you in the functional aspect of things. I like, uh, I like things when, can be, when things can be fun, but also functional. Yeah. I think I saw a reel of one of those the other day. It was uh, a Buick Roadmaster wagon mm. with a, you know, the fake wood paneling and it yeah. had a roof rack because he was carrying his wheels to the drag strip. 
nice. and so like it had the it had mini tubs in the back and so like if you look in the back of it it was just like this big wheelhouse and mm. because it had drag slicks in the back of it and it had really narrow like two inch tires on the front um yeah. and they had a whole new set of tires on the roof and and the toolbox and stuff like that um so yeah how, how functional is that i mean you can drive your race car <laughs> with all your stuff to the track. You don't have to tow anything. You don't have to have another rig with you. Well, this one wasn't super functional because it had a full cage in it and oh. a sequential gearbox. So it was like barely street legal. Like it had, <laughs> I think it had a chute mounted to the back of it. And oh, nice. like you, the passenger was taking a video and he was just like in this little area on the right side of the car while the driver was encaged in, encased oh, in, this, gotcha. in this cage. Cause like on drag cars, they have a cage right that goes right around the, the driver um almost like if you imagine how uh not a funny car like the the top fuel dragsters where it's just mm -hmm. that rail yeah they have a cage around them put that inside of this car okay. and that's how his like it was a purpose-built race car well i'll retract that statement then but <laughs> if you can it's, come across that rear i'd love to see it i yeah i don't even it might it was either on youtube or it was a reel or somewhere i forget where i saw it but Gotcha. It was an interesting car. Yes. So something that comes up in uh, some of the Porsche groups I'm in, I'm uh, curious if you experience it because I okay. don't usually, except for yesterday, do you ever have people or notice that people try to race you? Lately, I really haven't been doing too much other than just going to work and stuff like that in my car. I feel like my car doesn't, I have no badges or anything on the rear that's going to show you it's an S3. So I think oh, that's right. You have yours taken off. Yeah, I'll, I just have the Audi rings. I mean, it's got the S3 badge on the front, but I think that you kind of have to know about the car to understand it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, most people probably just think it's a regular A3 or you know just a sedan for that matter. That's that's not as quick as it really is. So not really. I don't really find people racing it often that much unless and it's black unless, too, so it kind of blends in. Yeah, unless I'm doing something, I don't know. Sometimes it does happen, I guess, but not as not as much as you'd expect. One time yeah. I was driving, I was driving home from work, and some guy pulled up to me in like an A4 or something, and he was like pointing at me, like roll my, and I was just like driving home and like cruising home, like nothing. There was nothing crazy, and uh, and he was like, Audi, woo, woo. <laughs> And then just like sped off. And I was like, wow, <laughs> I want whatever that guy has. <laughs> yeah. Because it wasn't even like he just had like a, 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 a regular A4. Like wasn't too, nothing, nothing special. I had more people used to try and race me with my Mustang, my, yeah. my O3 GT. How about, why? How about you? Have you noticed that yourself at all? I would generally, say more for Generally, you. no. I, oh, wow. if, if they do, I'm oblivious to it. Um, mm -hmm. Because when I'm in commute mode, I just, you know, I'm usually just kind of focused on getting home or to work or wherever I'm going. I can't remember anyone trying to, except last night, I think people were trying to. So on this on the road that I talk about all the time, it's just two lanes. Some cars finally turned out or turned off of the road uh, in front of me. And so it was just me and the open road. And I was able to, like the next couple of, next mile or so was a little bit of twisty stuff and it's fun enough if you get up enough mm -hmm. speed and sure. so i just you know he pulled out and was not in front of me anymore so i was in second and i i 
you know, let it rev up to like five or 5,500 RPM. And I have a 7,000 RPM red line. So it's not like screaming, you know, but I let it rev, rev out to there. And I was just enjoying it going through the gears, went around the corner, went around the next corner. And the whole time this Fiat 500 Abart was behind me and behind him was a Tesla Model 3. Mm. And I could tell the Abart was, there was like a younger person than me in it. And he was trying to keep up with me. And like, he would somewhat keep up like on the street and then I would go around the corner and he wasn't far behind me, but I also wasn't pushing it because I was on my winter tires. Mm-hmm. And then I finally got to a stop sign where I was turning to turn onto my road and he went straight, but then the Tesla turned behind me. And the first turn on my road is the 45 that feels like a 90 that I've talked to you about before. Right. And so I accelerate like I normally do. I go through there about at the limits of my, of my winter tires. And I just kind of like go into almost like, if you ever see like the movie where somebody's running from the cops and then all of a sudden they just kind of like turn onto a street and they chill like their normal traffic. Yeah. That's kind of where I was. Um, mm-hmm. But then like I got on the street part after the first turn and I look at my mirror and this Tesla is literally so close to me. I can't see his headlights. Oh, and I don't, I don't know if I slowed down faster than he expected me to, because I didn't break, but I also stopped accelerating. Right. And I think he might've like pinned it coming out of the corner and caught me before he thought he was going to, but mm-hmm. he was right on my tail. And then I, um, I just kept going and he backed off a little bit, but I think they were both trying to see if they could keep up with the Porsche. Wow. How did he do? The I mean, Tesla, I, I, mean cause that, those, I heard that those are pretty quick actually. They're quick off the line. Um, and they feel quick around the corner because the center of gravity is low. Mm-hmm. But I also don't know, like they could have been on all season tires and it was warm enough where they would have decent traction. And while my car is a good handling car, it, it is limited by, limited by the tires. And so right now, like I do have limits that I have to be mindful right. of. The tires just give up at some point. And I also don't want to chew them up earlier than I need to. I want them to last me. Um, I think they were trying to race me, which is one of the first times I I can really think of it happening since I owned the car. But people would, on, the, would, on the Porsche forums think people are trying to race them all the time, and I just I just don't see it. I feel like though I feel like I've heard that before. People thinking that everybody is out there to race them. Me personally, I don't experience it much. But then again, I'm not really out. I'm myself. I don't really get myself in those situations that people do anymore. And maybe it's where you're at too. Like where. Like I'm in, in a really like rural slash suburban, like it's, it's not super rural, but it's not suburban either. It's kind of like in between. Mm. Um, and so there's people around, but it's, it's also not like suburban, a lot of high school kids or early twenties people there or like inner city or stuff like that. Like it's a different environment. So maybe that's part of it too. True. My commute, I've been seeing a lot of, um, I always get them confused, Charge, Challengers? Challengers are two-door ones, right? SRT yeah. ones. I've been seeing a lot of them lately, like, mm. heading down to, like, Philadelphia area. Because I go that general direction when I go to work. And for some reason, I've seen, like, two or three a day. Not the SRT themselves, but Challengers. I always find, I always see them on, you know, YouTube videos doing donuts in the middle of some random intersection. <laughs> yeah. But you mentioned the Fiat 500 Abarth. What do you think about that car? I think they're cool little cars. I would drive one, and they're they're pretty reasonable. I think you could get at least pre-pandemic, you could get one with like less than sixty thousand miles for 
ten, twelve thousand dollars, or mm-hmm. like fifteen for for a really for like a low mile, great condition one. Uh, a lot of them, I think, have been beat though because they are cheap and they mm-hmm. you know they always have been cheap, mm-hmm. but they sound great. Like they're almost I don't know if you remember the neon SRT four, but I remember are, them. But I don't know if they had too much. Yeah, they didn't actually have mufflers. They had some like resonators, but there wasn't an actual muffler in the exhaust. And the Abart is kind of the same way. Like it's a snorty, poppy little exhaust note that sounds awesome. Um, It's like a little 1.5 liter turbo. I think you're right. Yeah. It's so small. Yeah. But it, it just sounds snorty and pissed off and it just sounds awesome. I like them. I think they're cool. I just, I don't, I, I hate, and that's a strong word. I hate the interiors. Mm. It it just looks like, um, well, they're a cheap Italian car, so you can only expect so much. I guess, I guess. (laughs) Like they probably start falling apart after four or five years. And, you know, because when you, when you buy an Italian car, you're buying the experience. You're not buying like the excellence. Uh huh. You know, you think they're expensive to maintain those things? I think you could probably get away with not maintaining them, um, <laughs> but I don't. I don't think they'd be ex- as expensive as now. Maintenance, I think, is going to be fairly reasonable, um, especially compared to a German car. Repair costs, I don't know because they do have you know the reputation for mm-hmm. breaking down a lot. So mm-hmm. repair, I have no idea. Maintenance, I'm sure it's not much because they're not they're not all wheel drive, so it's just a matter of like oil fluid, like oil and transmission fluid and stuff like that. So it's basic right. front wheel drive hatchback stuff. So I can't mm-hmm. imagine they're super expensive to maintain, mm-hmm. but the repair bills, you never know. Yeah, I always get that aftermarket warranty. Yeah, <laughs> especially if we're getting a used one. I'm curious. I, I want to look into this and see what they're going for. These days. You can, I mean, they would be a great little, they'd be a great fun commuter mm-hmm. because they're still going to get decent gas mileage because it's a small car mm-hmm. with a small engine and you can get them uh, automatic. So like you really, if you really wanted to, you could get that. And then there are hatchbacks. So you could just, you know, if you've got errands to run after work, there's going to have enough room for that. I love how you, Force yourself to plug an automatic car. Like, well, if you wanted to, you could you could get that. Well, like like you said before, like you you don't you're not sure if you would want to you know commute, especially like because you're more urban than I am. Yeah, uh, you n- wouldn't necessarily want to commute with a manual transmission, and I get it. I'm I'll deal with it. It's not a big deal for me. Um, but I under, also understand that it's a lot nicer to just be able to like put, push the foot on the brake and push the gas pedal and not worry about anything, especially if, when you're in commute mode, like you don't care about a lot of things. Typically, you just want to go to where you're going. Right. Um, you're either waking up or you're exhausted from the day. And so you don't really necessarily want to think about having to, you know, do too much more. Yeah. So. I totally get it. I, I think I'd love the idea, though. Of, I think, see, you say it would be a good commuter, which I agree with. I think it would be a good little, like, weekend car just to, like, that you didn't have to really, you know, you can scoop one up and not 
worry about paying so much for it. But if you wanted to go have a little fun on the weekend, you can go, you know, cart around with, with your mm-hmm. manual transmission that you're not commuting with. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's good for a lot of different reasons. So I saw um, a car that I didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. And I was also surprised by the brand, which is probably mm-hmm. what they wanted. Um, but I saw a car. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Can you? I want to guess. Okay. Try and tell. Try and tell me what you think it is. Like, tell. Like, give me some hints, and I'll try and guess. Yeah. So, uh, I had to switch cars uh, last week, and so I was going home around the lunch hour ish. I passed this car. It was like an SUV look, like mm-hmm. a low SUV. Mm-hmm. slash tall hatchback look uh, it was very angular and futuristic looking mm-hmm. and it had a a badge on in the back of it that i hadn't seen before and so i thought it was like a boutique uh, manufacturer like something like like fisker or rivian or something like that where it's like they only make a few hundred cars a year mm-hmm. um something that only people in the know know what it is. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm fairly up on the car industry and I have never seen this car before. Can I, I guess? When I got home, yeah. Was it a Wagoneer? No. Was it a Jeep? No. Okay, give up. It was, pull up your Google. It was the Kia EV6. When you find a picture, you will not, think that that styling oh wow wow isn't Jeez. that cool yeah it is really cool yeah it definitely does look super futuristic though yeah wow and it like, says it looks it like goes, something robocop would drive it definitely yeah 100 percent. and it's they started it says 40 40 grand yeah which is actually that I mean, that, that actually does look pretty cool honestly it looks like a rich guy's two hundred thousand dollar electric car yeah. that he has because no one else has one. It sort of reminds me of like a little, like a baby cyber truck. You know, yeah, the, the I Tesla can see yeah. like, The lines on it kind of remind me of that. Like the angular stuff? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But partly wow. what threw me off is Kia has changed their badge and I have seen their new badge oh, like on the yeah. Telluride, but yeah. I saw it on the back of the car and I was already passing the car because it was going the opposite direction as I was. And so I only got a quick look at it but it also, at a quick glance, could have been a badge for some obscure brand that no one's ever heard of, too. Like with yep. electric cars, there are a lot of startups trying to happen right now, like Canoe and Rivian and uh, Lucid and things like that. And so I thought maybe it was some, one of those companies where, you know, there are very handful of cars available. Right. I just That's recently, a- I recently... Um... <laughs> recently realized the other day that 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 badge actually says kia mm. the because, new one yeah because like i knew it was a kia just you know because I, I you know saw like the sonata on the back or whatever it was or elantra but i just thought it was some random design that they chose but it actually spells out kia mm-hmm. it's all connected mm-hmm. oh. Took me a little while to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, they kind of took the old badge and like pulled away some of the pieces, mm-hmm. so that it's one of those things. Like if you ever see those reading tests where it's like upside down or like mm-hmm. some of the letters are missing, 
It's like yeah. it, the essence of it is there. So your brain connects it, but it also looks like a design at the same time. I like what they're doing. I think that, you know, even the smaller Econo cars that they have, they've come out with some performance models for them, which I want to look into as well for, you know, down the road. But uh, I like that they're going that direction. But to switch, to switch gears a little bit, um, I had mentioned oh i guessed that you were thinking about the wagoneer have you seen one of those yet i've seen a couple of pictures yeah they're like they're like pretty big and like yeah. boxy looking yeah i guess they're trying to re you know reimagine or reawake that that model from years ago yeah they're i think they're marketing it towards being a uh, navigator and escalade competitor mm. like because it's a three row um that it's not just going to be a three row grand Cherokee. Like they're taking the mm -hmm. Wagoneer and they're making it like a sub brand mm -hmm. where it's like fully loaded out. And I think it's, I think it's a hundred thousand dollar car. If I remember Jeez. correctly, that's not a car. So like, I mean, that's an expensive car, but not like it used to be. Like, I say, like they're, getting more, they're getting more common. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day, you like a hundred thousand dollar car. like, Oh my God, a hundred thousand dollar car. That's crazy. Now it's like you can get a hundred thousand dollar F one fifty if you worked on it. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to look this up, Wagoneer, because I'm curious about them. I never really, I never really checked them out. I just saw a couple on the road. So I'm gonna have to do some research at some point and get into this world further. Yeah, like the styling is really nice. Like the interior looks super elegant and techy, um, and the exterior is is good. I, I'm not sure how I feel about the grill, but that's you know, whatever. Um, yeah. But the styling is good. I think, I think they, they're not going to, they're not going to push, like put people off by how it looks. It's almost like you're like all these, not always, but I feel like automakers are trying to cash in or capitalize on like iconic quote unquote models that they have, like the Bronco, the Wagoneer, you know, stuff that was successful back in the day that, you know, just putting, throwing that name back on a car to see if it'll stick, you know, with mm -hmm. like subtle cues back to it. So I think the Bronco, what's another thing, like, you know, the Bronco Sport is a smaller model than the new Bronco. Mm -hmm. That's another thing that took me like a really long time to figure out because I didn't know that they came out with the Bronco Sport. And someone I know has one. And I was in it, I'm like, oh, this is nice. You know, this is cool, whatever. And then I saw one like the Bronco Bronco. And I was like, wow, that looks way different and way cooler than the other one that I had saw, that I had seen. Like I'm thinking, like, I never I never heard anything about this. You know, I I I follow cars too, so I'm pretty like up on that stuff. And uh, I was like blown away. I was like, wow, those things are really cool. Mm -hmm. Um and I think those are pretty expensive. They're probably almost a hundred thousand dollars if you get them. No. They're, they're not cheap, but they're not that much. Not um, that bad. Yeah. So Everyday Driver is a YouTube channel slash TV show slash podcast um, that I follow. And they um, recently on TV had an episode where they compared the Wrangler and the Bronco. And the Bronco they were driving was almost fully loaded. And it was 60. Yeah. That's not, that's not terrible. No. Maybe with some markup right now. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Yeah. Ridiculous. And like, so the Bronco Sport is, an, is it's, it's an essentially an escape. Mm -hmm. 
like with different with different body panels and interior and stuff like the running gear is all escape mm-hmm. um i think if they're bringing back the bronco name i think they should have called it the bronco too mm-hmm. like back in the 80s I agree. Or early yeah. 90s they should have called yep. it the bronco too i mean you got know. you got the bronco reappearing yeah. and i i just think that's just me i also think they should have named the the maverick their little um chocolate yeah. I think they should have named it the Courier because that was the my, like the, the small pickup in like the late 70s, early 80s from Ford before the, Rain, the Ranger as we know it came about because at the time Ranger was a trim package on the, on the trucks. But the uh-huh. Courier was a competitor to like the Chevy Love, like the really small pickup, uh-huh. like the Tacoma or the Nissan pickups, like all those like subcompact pickups. Yeah, in that class, and I think they should have named the. I mean, Maverick is a cooler sounding name, and it's but it's associated with a car from like the '60s and and sure. '70s. Um, so if you're really going retro and pulling off the name, you could have called it the Courier, but mm-hmm. Maverick probably sounds cooler than Courier. Bronco Two, I'm, they should have called it Bronco Two. I will I will say that forever. I had that same thought the other day. They were, I mean, they were, it's like the same thing. They're it's literally like the same thing. It's just years later. They had the big Bronco and the little Bronco. It's like the same exact thing that's happening now. Yeah. The original Bronco 2 was based on the Ranger and Explorer chassis. Well, mm-hmm. the Explorer and the Bronco 2 were on the Ranger frame. Um, the Bronco 2 was just shorter, and then the, the Explorer was a four door. And then the Bronco, the full size Bronco, was on the truck frame. Now, I think the current Bronco is on its own. Frame. I don't think it shares it with anything. They're they, pretty cool, they, though. I like them. Yeah, they should have named the Bronco Sport the Bronco too. I think we should write them a letter. <laughs> I don't think they'll listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably not the only one that has it thought, but I've never heard <laughs> anyone say it. Like all of the <laughs> re- videos I've watched, no one's really mentioned that. So you, you've you've heard it here first. We <laughs> think that it's the Bronco Sport should be we label the Bronco too. I think it's a good place to end it. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, you can follow along with us on Instagram at Winding Roads Podcast. And you can email us at any time with questions or show ideas or comments and things like that. Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, otherwise, we look forward to seeing you again next time. Keep driving.